This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Always. Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds. Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you Star Wars nerds out there. I'm Joanna. Lies! Deception! Kropnik. And I'm Brian. I have so much to tell you, Plopsky. And we could not be happier that you didn't choke on your aspirations while paging <laughs> General Sandula in order to join us today. Today, we are discussing 2016's Star Wars anthology film, Rogue One. We'll be giving you some of our thoughts and feelings about the movie and where we see it fitting into the greater Star Wars storytelling. So please, get to the switch and don't forget to reset the antenna alignment. And let's begin. And as we start every episode, this is your spoiler alert alert. I repeat, this is your spoiler alert alert. We will be spoiling quite a few things, including... Maybe some of A New Hope, Solo, Rebels, Clone Wars, Boba Fett, excuse me, Robert Fettuccini, The Mandalorian, and other Star Wars fun things. And we may talk about other stuff like, I don't know, we might talk about Marvel by accident. So, by accident. But why don't you make sure everyone knows alert. who Robert Fettuccini is before, in case anyone is Fett. new. Robert Fettuccini is Boba Fett's real name. I realized why I thought he belonged in Ratatouille. It's because his name is Linguini. <laughs> Yeah, they're cousins. Okay, cousins. Just in, just yeah, yeah. Cousins. yeah. In different parts of the multiverse. 100%. Oh my gosh, Brian. Did you enjoy this rewatch? Yeah. How was this for you? Okay, let's let's have some context around this before I share my opinions. Okay. This came out in 2016, and we're rewatching this because it's been a while since either one of us have watched it. Um, and we just watched Solo. We did a rewatch of Solo to connect to um, Robert Fettuccini, Boba Fett. So we wanted to, you know, get a little, do the other Star Wars story, if you will. Uh, I uh, when this came out in 2016, this was a year after The Force Awakens came out. So you have the new Star Wars movie coming out, and then this is the first Star Wars story that is non-Skywalker related. Yes. Okay. So this is a non-Skywalker movie, uh, even though the, you know it has to do with some of the Skywalkers, obviously. Uh, but it is not about like the Skywalker saga. Direct, uh, it's indirectly about it, if you will. But also, this is their first foray into connecting any of the movies, yeah, with the uh, with the animated stuff, yeah. So this was kind of like testing it out, making, you know, it being in the movies now, like, like, even though it was canon, it's super canon and it's a, and it's an ion canon, but like, realistically, like, so <laughs> it almost got by me. <laughs> so that's kind of like what we're dealing with here. And uh, I remember seeing this in the movie theaters and liking it and thinking that, you know, because we didn't know what to expect from a standalone Star Wars movie that had nothing to do with the Skywalker saga or, yeah. you know, no, you know, I mean, it tangentially related. So you so, saw this in theaters. Wow. I'm just so jealous yeah. that you've had all these experiences in theaters, especially in yeah. before times. Ugh. Yeah. Moulin awesome. Rouge 1. Moulin Rouge 1. <laughs> so, so, 
So that was my Kyber, so Kyber I, crystals are a girl's best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when I saw Moulin Rouge one, uh, no, when I saw Rogue One, uh, it was in theaters and I came out really energized and really liking it. I think there was also something special about it in the moment that it didn't feel like a retread of A New Hope like uh, The Force Awakens, Force Awakens did a little bit. This was kind of like brand new. It kind of expanded our brains. It kind of introduced what Star Wars could be, you know, set the tone for what, you know, Disney was going to do with Star Wars, TV shows, tangentially related things within the universe. And that was a very exciting thing. Uh, So that was kind of my experience. First time seeing this movie. Uh, uh, What was your first time like seeing this movie? Do you remember like in between what movies you watch it? Because because you watch things a little bit differently than than I have. Yeah. um, And yeah, my my knowledge of Star Wars, which I don't know if that's a good segue into our passports, but um, sure. um, My knowledge of Star Wars came sort of all at once. And I mean, of course, I'd seen the original. I'd seen all the movies except for Rogue One and Solo because I didn't really know of their existence or if they were canon or like where they fit in until I did until I actually wanted to watch everything. And then I was absorbed. Then I was researching and looking up what was what I needed to watch clone wars and rebels and everything. So, um, I think I watched it just by itself one time and I had, so I had no knowledge other than the beautiful movie poster, which I remember seeing, um, the one with the, with the dark death star, just sort of hulking over this beautiful, uh, scuba troopa beach or whatever the beach is in Mario Kart, which it always looks like. Koopa troopa beach. Yeah. Koopa troopa beach. Um, this, 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 this hulking, Death Star imagery, which to me is awesome that they that they used, you know, such a strong, like one of the most strong Star Wars images that there is in existence. Um, mm-hmm. So I but I had no idea that it was to it butt up against A New Hope. So it was all shock to me. I knew nothing. Cool. Uh, and it was I was like, wow, this is really good. And I mean, not to get too far into it too soon, but the fact that they made this movie where you know that these characters are all going to die, probably, mm-hmm. um, and that you're still so compelled the entire way through is a, a big achievement. I think that's yeah. something really cool about this movie. Totally. So let's get into passports. So for those of you who haven't heard in other ones, you know, we understand that you may be listening and you've jumped into the nerdverse with us and we're exploring different different sectors of the nerdverse. Marvel, Star Wars, DC, all this Matrix, um, you know, all this like all these crazy places in the nerdverse. And and Harry Potter. And obviously Joanna and I have different levels of nerdiness in each one of those. So we've created things called passports. Our passports are ways for you all to know kind of where we are in our knowledge and love and excitement for these different worlds. And so um, today we're going to introduce our Star Wars passports. Um, Within those Star Wars passports, we're going to see 
one out of 10, how many stamps we have. So 10 being, I know everything about Star Wars. My name is George Lucas. Um, even though it's, <laughs> no, I know everything that, about Star Wars. That's, my, yeah, that's my, like an 11 or 12. My, you, my name is Dave Filoni. That's like, like, like okay. an 11 or 12. That's like an 11 or 12 too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have all that stuff and then you have, uh, you know, that's how many stamps you get. So, um, Joanna, should I go first to introduce my star Wars passport or should yeah, you, go, you go, first? go first? You go first. Cause I think your, 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 uh, stamps will inform mine. Okay. I think that, I think that I am an eight. I think you're selling yourself short, but okay. Oh, I'm going to go with an eight. I mean, you weren't alive when the first three came out. Sure. Um, so that like maybe takes one stamp away because you weren't there the first time the universe had even seen it. But you're so you're like a nine. No, you saw well, them- I, I want to give myself room to grow just in case like I read some more stuff, but I've That's recently. True. So here's some of my um, here's some of the reasons why I gave myself an eight in terms yeah, of Doc your criteria. High. Yes. Yeah. One, I've seen the original movies. And by original movies, I mean pre-special uh, ex- editions. I own the original Star Wars movies, theatrical cuts on VHS. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I've seen those. <laughs> I, I became obsessed with them more or less in 97. Um, I was like 11 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw all the special editions. My dad took me to see all the special editions in movie theaters. Um, I started collecting Star Wars cards, the uh, card game. Um, that's how I learned all of the names of everything, uh, like from Wampa to like all these different like planets that are like tangentially in them. Like I know all that from the Star Wars cards. I go to every opening night. I read all the encyclopedia Star Wars encyclopedias as a kid. I read George Lucas biographies. I've read like I've done. I I read. Um, uh, the power of myth and all of Joseph Campbell's novels and books, um, which is what George Lucas based like kind of the hero's journey on when writing star Wars. I I've been to so many star Wars things like galaxy's edge, like um, at the Brooklyn Academy of music when I was like 13 or 14, there was something called the magic of the myth where it was all star Wars costumes and props that related back to the Joseph Campbell storytelling and stuff like that. Um, I've watched all of clone wars. I've watched all of rebels. I have watched uh, the Lego stuff. Um, obviously, I've seen all the movies, uh, Clone Wars, Rebels. What about I, the legend stuff? And that's why I wouldn't give myself higher. And maybe I should be lower. I I read one or two books. I read the Han Solo trilogy um, in terms of legend stuff. Uh, but I really – I know some of it. Like I know that in Legends, uh, Han and Leia have twins and that L- Luke marries someone uh, named Mara Jade and I know all that stuff. But I didn't read any of that stuff. I don't read the comic books, so I'm missing a lot of that canon stuff like when um, a Black Chrysanthemum came into mm-hmm. the Robert Fettuccini, Boba Fett. Like I did not know who that character was. I was being introduced to him for the first time. Um, so I would give myself an eight because I know a lot of stuff and this is my ride or die. I would say mm-hmm. star Wars at an eight is my highest ranking on any of the passports right now. I think I can okay. do better. I think I can learn more, but I think that that is where I, but I'm just still a little, I'm just a little boy at heart when it comes to this. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put myself at an eight. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to put myself at an eight, eight lightsaber stamps. 
eight lightsaber stamps. Um, okay, well, ooh, I th- that probably puts me at like a five or a six, I feel like. Okay. I okay. um I've seen everything uh a lot multiple times, but my the longevity of of um ingesting the content has been so short that I don't have as good a recall in certain things. So if I see something in the bed bitch that was uh, something that was in A New Hope, like, and it's a very small Easter egg, I may not get that because I haven't been marinating in it for so long. Um, yeah, that's actually a good distinction. Like, Star Wars for me is like my so ink internalized. Is still, my ink is, your ink is like, it's like cracked and faded red. And my ink is like freshly wet ink on my passport. Sure. Yeah. So I haven't, yeah. Like I've, um, I've just, um, it's imprinted on me. Like yeah. I can t- I've internalized it so much that like any reference I see, even if it's not Star Wars related, I still see Star Wars in it. Yeah. And I, uh, I've read some of the books. I roll out some of the books. I've read the Thrawn books. Um, I've read, uh, make a couple Vader comics, but like, I don't know if this stuff is, I don't think any of this is considered canon anymore. So it's like not even that relevant. Um, but, um, I have, but, but the amount of times I've, I've obsessed and seen stuff in Clone Wars and Rebels, I think puts me higher than just the average person who's seen these movies once. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I'm way more invested in the new age Star Wars than just the flat, just like someone like, um, not like you because you did that too, but someone who just has seen all the movies and maybe seen them, you know, from the very beginning, but they don't know who Ahsoka is because they didn't start sure. the new stuff yet. So yeah. I, I know a lot, but you um, do. You I don't think I have. Very quickly. Yes, I, I caught very quickly, but I guess because of that, it's going to be, it's like a supercharged um education in it as opposed to someone as opposed to you who's marinated in it for so long and it's imprinted in the same way that maybe harry potter would have imprinted because i've just been with that material for so Mm -hmm. long but Mm -hmm. i've also read dune and (laughs) dune plays heavily into lucas uh lucas's chosen one stories as well so um i don't know that puts me at a sure five but i don't know maybe between five or six um i reserve the right to remove a stamp if i make grave errors as we continue our podcasting journey together but so five or six i think so let's put you at a five because there you can grow and we can give you stamps i don't think you're gonna lose any stamps oh that's true well we'll see <laughs> tbd i get yeah. that timeline confused an awful lot because to be <laughs> fair it jumps around like things come out and you're just you have to remember where, okay where are we when are we mm-hmm. who's around you keeping track of these characters at different points on the timeline is hard. It doesn't go in chronological order. Release yes. doesn't go in chronological order. And I do mm-hmm. think that can be tricky, especially with the newer stuff. Yeah, and this one I had to think a little bit about, like, I, I know that it takes place before A New Hope at zero um, BBY. Um, BBY being before the Battle of Yavin. That's how kind of, and mm-hmm. then um, ABY after the Battle of Yavin. So essentially, A New Hope is zero, and everything is based on how far away from A New Hope it is. Just so if we, if we do use those terms, um, you'll know what those mean if you're not kind of... Um, aware of that uh timeline uh tracking but even at the beginning of this movie rogue one i was thinking like okay this starts with a an earlier time frame when you know when does this happen like is this happening 
even post order 66 is this pre order 66 like that kind of stuff but um yeah uh, the thing that touches the closest to it is rebels that butts up the most to it if anyone has if you have watched rebels out there that's the thing that's sort of we're in the rebels world of time ish mm-hmm. of course it's after but it's that's the closest t- thing the, t- the closest touchstone of content that had been out but rebels started in 2014 uh in our timeline <laughs> in the world in uh it came out on uh whatever it was like cartoon network or whoever had it first uh rebels came out in 2014 so it had been going um before uh, before this came out but mm-hmm. this came out not too long after rebels had started yeah because this has two rebels references in it, three rebels references in it um right. this movie does uh and uh and then one one big Clone Wars one, obviously, that we'll talk about. But you can tell that they're Easter eggs. They're not, like, things that hurt your viewing, which I think is telling as to how it hadn't really, yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it hadn't sort of coagulate, because, coagulated or congealed like yet. If, if this movie was made today. Oh, my God. Hera, Hera would be a character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Chopper would be there, like. These would be actual characters in this movie, not just like Easter eggs in terms of like mentioning Hera from Rebels over the loudspeaker or seeing Chopper in a far off – Chopper the droid from Rebels in like an establishing shot of Yavin or um, with the third one, um, the the ship in uh, Rebels, the ghost, ghost is in the final battle. But like – you don't need to. You don't. Those aren't important pieces. And gold those are squadron. Nice that's something, right? So um, the gold, the gold one and red one and all that um, are from a new hope. They, they a lot of them die in a new hope. Uh, right. But the I thought I thought that they. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's multiple squadrons, but the gold leader, like that's spoken of in Rebels. They're always talking gold leader. Uh, so I don't yeah. know. So that's yeah. So gold, in. gold is Y wings. So. Uh, and oh, uh, red okay. is X wings. Oh, so go. when they say like gold one, gold two, gold three, those are all Y wings. And when they say like red one, red two, red three, those are all X wings. X wings. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got mm-hmm. a stamp today. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just um, maintained my. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh, how many times have you seen Rogue One? Uh, maybe three or four. Okay. Uh, this is my third viewing. Okay, so we're about the same. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I love this movie, Brian. I think it's mm. great. I think it's great. I think that it solidifies uh, a ton of canon that was that was already there. It does a really beautiful job of uh, boosting up uh, the work that we know so well. I think it is an incredible feat again that they told this story where uh it's very dark and for especially for disney um where everyone dies but uh the message is so strong they they just sew it in perfectly to this of this star wars quilt that is the uh, existing you know trilogy movies especially um or the original trilogy existing tr- original trilogy movies especially sure, sure. so uh, and you know, at this point, they had never done uh, deep fakes yet with Star Wars. So, considering you know, there are times that it's a little un- uncanny valley, like a little—it's not the best deep fakes, but 
I thought it was totally fine. Great. Is that true? Yeah, the the Grand Moff Tarkin stuff kind of holds up. It's it's a little computery, but it and really holds up. And you need that character, so I think I get it. I get it. And they don't they don't keep Leia on for longer than two seconds. They yeah, have, that's the you know, weird one. It's the weird one, but you get you get like what what is she just have like one line or whatever. So that's fine. Yeah. It does the job. Hope. And then I couldn't help but turn on A New Hope right after because, you know, Disney will just keep going with it. Oh, yeah. So I just uh-huh. let it play and just to watch the set dressings, like to watch it get into that film. Mm-hmm. And granted, like that film was done on film, right? Like that was that was shot in, you know, it's mm-hmm. obviously older technology and a totally different not for lack of a better term filter on the screen i mean it looks different um Mm -hmm. they still did a fabulous job and that last scene with vader and the breathing and this and this uh lightsaber is chilling every time Mm. what about you uh i i this did not hold up for me at all um, really? Oh, I'm so glad we don't agree on something. Okay, I, why? I, I think it's really boring until until <gasps> the end battle sequence. I think it's wow. really, really boring. I think that mm. the mystery, once you know it, it's not interesting. The set pieces are fine. It's not f- as funny. I res- Like the comedic relief is not as funny as I remember it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's that funny of a movie. Yeah, I think that I, I I still think that um uh Forrest Whitaker's Saw Guerrera is weird oh, and <laughs> not <laughs> enjoyable. No. Uh I mean it's it's that's pretty hilarious. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because I think all of the characters of this are excellent. I really empathize with them. I mean, I enjoy them, um, what they're going through. I love the actors and actresses that are in this. But the movie itself is boring on a, a multiple views to me. Um, the action hmm. sequences don't are, are fine, and that's when I pay attention. But, man, everything in between is kind of boring. Because I know what's happening. There's like, and and like, so there's no, there's no, there's no layers to this movie at all. And I find it pretty boring. But then once you get to the final beach sequences and, uh, and, uh, and then obviously the last like five minutes with Vader, um, Mm -hmm. I think those are wonderful and really fun to watch. And similarly to the end of Mandalorian season two, it's really nice to see Vader in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that's kind of what I, uh, that's what I experienced. Did I still have a good time watching this movie? Yeah, sure. Did I nod off a couple times? Yeah, I did. Um, but I, I just like this movie just like did not do it for me. I, I, hot take. Solo is way more rewatchable than Rogue One. Hmm. Well, Solo, I mean, I, I, I could, I think I agree with that. I mean, I like, uh, romance and I like some of, and I like the jokes a lot in, in, uh, Solo. Um, so in a different way, I agree with that. Um, I think the performances are some, somewhat stronger in this, but I don't know. Well, do you want to, maybe we should go through it because I, I'm curious as to different points, how I responded to things that don't line up with you. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk through the plot for sure. 
Yeah. Well, so we don't get an opening crawl, which I I had read that, you know, they wanted to discern these anthology movies from the original by not doing mm-hmm. a crawl. So that's just something to note. Um, yeah. And I, I thought, I think that uh, visually this movie is really beautiful. I mean, that's the first shot that's so vast with entering into the planet. I don't know. I, I thought that stuff's beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. All the Death Star stuff, like, it's just, I don't know. I think that stuff's beautiful. Um, anyway, we enter uh, Young Jin. Um, they're, they're in a lovely place, but pretty off the beaten path. And you get the sense that they have been preparing for this moment for a very long time, which is when Krennic shows up. I just want to yell his name whenever I, <laughs> whenever I hear the calls. Krennic, Krennic. Um, him and these d- very scary death troopers show up. And they sort of launch into action to uh, do what they prepped, which is get Jin out of there, get Lyra out of there. Lyra, Lyra. Uh, one of them's from his Dark Materials, so I have to forget which is which, but I'll say Lyra. Uh, get get them out of there, but of course Lyra doesn't go. Um, she stays back, and that's because Krennic wants to get uh, Galen Erso, this very, very talented scientist, uh, engineer, that worked for the Empire back because they need help stuff stalled on the Death Star that they're working on at this moment. This is when it's getting built and almost done, uh, but they haven't done trials yet, so they want him back. Um, but we do see that there's like elements of the Force being used and discussed between you know Lyra and Jin. She gives her this necklace that's a Kyber crystal. Trust the Force. Um, so I don't know. We do, we do see some 4C discussion at the beginning. Um, I really, I really like that this movie doesn't rely on Jedis, um, mm-hmm. but it does use people's faith in the force. And that makes sense. And not to jump around, but I love the character. I'm probably going to say his name wrong, but Chirrut, I'll call him. Uh, I'll pronounce him Chirrut. I love that character because this is a world where Jedi, this is like beyond Jedi at this point. The Jedi, it, it, they're, it's, the world has seemingly moved past them. And I like that there's still, that it lives on through people's sort of faith. And um, I don't know. I just, I like that element. So that's sort of present to me throughout the whole movie, which I really like. Um, but I don't, do you, do you have any, any sort of thoughts about how the force and Jedi are sort of used and talked about throughout this whole movie? Yeah, I really like it. I like that they treat the force as the kind of like this ancient religion in this, but there are people still very much dedicated to it. Um, that the, they, the it kind of gets into a little bit of like force sensitive as opposed to a mm-hmm. full on force. Um, I really like that this is you know almost this this family's kind of religion or their whatever they believe in is centered around the kyber crystals and and centered around kind of the the spirituality of the force. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's fascinating. I think this opening sequence is great. Um, uh, I be we didn't really talk about this yet, but um, Gareth Edwards directed this. I think it's a beautiful movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it is. Um, really gorgeous i think he does a great job everything is very clear to me throughout this movie um and then it was written by chris uh white's tony and tony gilroy um mm. and then uh it stars obviously felicity jones as Jin urso um it stars diego luna as cassian andor who yes. will be have his own disney plus series which is another one of the reasons why we're talking about this um and then obviously donnie yen 
Ben Mendelsohn as Krennic, Riz Ahmed, uh, Alan Tudyk, uh, Forrest Whitaker, um, and then Ajian Wen. And then and, our favorite Mads uh, Mikkelsen, who just give I, me all the Mads. Mads as Galen. I want him in every movie. I'm I want so, him in every I'm movie. I'm fo- so glad he's Grindelwald. Me too. That that's what I'm. I'm more excited for these Harry Potter movies because he's Grindelwald. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just think it's beautiful. I like the spirituality of the Force. I, I think that it's a very interesting piece because because at the beginning of this movie, this takes place right around the fall or right after the fall of mm-hmm. the Republic, and then we flash forward twenty years later. Um, which and then so Jin is an, is older. So we're so but you know the the we're we're right up against uh a new hope um so i think that's just fascinating stuff and i think uh you know soft they they put Jin away um in hiding so that saw guerrera who we who we know from clone wars um from bad batch from rebels he is uh someone that you associate definitely anti-empire but almost to a um extremist uh level especially in this movie you already see seeds of that which i i like that they are growing that um sort of his his uh transition through just being like kind of normal and then being just insane and made of like droid pieces and machinery um but he's relatively normal at the time that 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 he gets little Jin. um and, you know, she, her faith is, like, dwindling and she's, like, holding this light. And at first I'm like, don't they just give her a spare light? But I know that it's, like, the light is fading. Like, her faith is fading. Her hope is fading. And then he finally rescues her. So that was kind of pretty. But at first I was like, don't they give her, like, a spare light bulb? She's going to be in this well for, like, God knows how long. But anyway. <laughs> the other piece of that is her mom was supposed to go with her, but then ends up turning back. That's true. Um, Maybe mom had some extra light bulbs. Who knows? Um, that's one thing. The second thing is that so Saw, Saw Guerrera is introduced in Clone Wars, and he is featured in some Rebels episodes. And in mm-hmm. the Rebel episodes that he's featured in, that's when we start to see the Saw Guerrera of this movie in yeah. terms of like really, really, really radicalized against the Empire yes. and does very questionable things to get what he wants because he understands that war is hell and this is the only way he can get what he wants um, in terms of defeating the Empire um defeating all of these um all the things that he always stood against because he fought with the separatists in the clone uh no sorry he fought with the um against the separatists in the clone wars and so um he uh you know once they excuse me once they became the empire then obviously he 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 was anti-empire would join the rebellion with everybody is that that's correct right Joanna? yeah yeah i mean he he's his motives to get the information are just are vi- or more violent uh he's just lost a lot of himself he loses his sister um along the way so he's just been Stila, really no Stila. no vader no um he's yeah so he's just been he's been through it i i do pity him but like this guy is freaking crazy and um this and and forrest whitaker like forrest whitaker i i you know the term extra like when i think of the word extra i just think of forrest whitaker like and everything he does he's just giving extra whether good or bad he's just going for it and in this movie he is just so extra (laughs) and it's just i don't know i mean and then you get like he he leaves well we'll get to it but 
uh, yeah. So Forrest, that character is really interesting. I'm glad they sew him in, but um, this will be the end of of the Saw journey, this movie. Um, so, but yeah, I think that's the cool a cool way to tie all this in and to show that there are com- that everybody's a mess right now. The Empire is sure. kind of a mess. The alliances are kind of a mess. The Senate's a mess. The rebels are a mess. Nobody knows what's going on. It's just chaos, and people have all these different motives. And and um, and this is just a great. He was a great piece to use to show that you can be part of the rebellion, and also there's like different levels to that. Yeah, it's um, messy business. Messy business. Uh, so yeah, better call Saw whenever things get. Yeah, weird. it's like better call Saul, but better call Saw. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so yeah, 15 years later, Jin clearly has not, the fight has not died within her. I think that's very clear that they make that distinction, that she can get out of these situations. She's going to like a, you know, a work, a worker camp, and then she's rescued um, by the very, I think probably the only funny part of this movie, which is K2SO, voiced by the wonderful Alan Tudyk, 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 Tudyk. Um, so that's a great addition. I, I can't decide who, who are, how, have we ever ranked our favorite droids? Like that talk? Have, do you no. have a preference? Oh, I mean, I, it will all R2D2 all day, all night. Yeah. I think the ones that talk probably, I mean, sometimes I like the one that talks like Snape in, um, Rebels. Um, mm, the one nine. that helps them. Yeah, the protocol droid. I'm forgetting mm-hmm. his, na- his numbers. But anyway, because um, I kind of think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like too – I think that a droid has like too many sentient feelings or something. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Um, so Ring of Kefreen. Um, we're, now we're getting into the side plot with Cassian. And this is sort of interesting because they set him up as a character that you don't really know if he's good or bad. You know, he asks his little, um, uh, you know, for intel from this character, Tivik, who he then kills because, I mean, he's being doing nice. He's being nice about it for the probably right reasons. But, like, you don't know if you're going to root for them. And then you get him later, you know, with the absolute dick guy from the Alliance, um, General Draven, who, you know, tells him to take out Galen or so later. So I just think it's interesting that you're, that they set up this character throughout a lot of the movie where you're just not sure if you should trust him. Similarly to Jen, if Jen's not sure if she should trust him or not. Um, but he does of course in the end pull through. So that's just like, I, I find that kind of interesting that they would set up a character like that. But we hear the first time, this is the first time we hear that the empire is using kyber crystals to make a planet killing weapon, planet killer. And that Galen, you know, had sent him. And I think this is when, it all sorts started to fall into place, I guess, for me, which was mm-hmm. that this that this is about like the Death Star is 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 um, imminent. Um, so yeah, and then uh, we know that Galen had sent this pilot, uh, Bodhi Rook, which I think it's a very strange choice, by the way, to make a character named Rook because we associate Rook so much with Rebels and Thrawn. It's his password for his droids. It's the it's that weird creature that's like the uh, bounty hunter mm-hmm. killer. I don't know. Just a strange. You double dip on them with that name. That's kind of weird. Sure, but anyway, sure. He's dead, so it doesn't matter. But like, yeah. Um. So he's a defector pilot that he sent from. Um. That was sent by Galen. He's looking for Saw, and this is because he has intel about the Death Star, of course. And I love that shot that we get. Um. Of the rock formation of the Jedi, like on its side. When they the pull back yeah. on Jeddah. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So let me 
let me go back a little bit. Yeah. What I really like about this movie are all the new planets and all that stuff. Like the asteroid trading post is spectacular. And then yes. Jeddah is so cool. And then uh, the planet at the end um, is just like, and we get Mustafar at one point. Um, and we just like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's yeah. just like, it's so, so, so cool. Um, on Scarif, excuse me. Um, Scarif is cool. Like, I just am very into all the different planets that they go to. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. Were some of these planets that. on your cards, or were they, a lot of these new additions too? Some of the these places are a lot of these are just first appearances. Yeah. Um, and, um, then, and then, so yeah. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. And just a couple other things about this. Um, I, I just I really like the temple ruins on Jeddah a lot. Um. I am torn about Andor. I, I, I am not looking forward to the Andor series because here's how I look at this stuff. I'm not, am, by the way, I'm actually not <laughs> looking forward to it either. Sure. And I think that's why this movie is fine for me because I am in a place in my Star Wars life where I want more new stuff. I I am not interested, to be totally honest, I'll watch them and I'll love them. But in terms of like what I want narratively, I want mm-hmm. things that move us forward, that explore different things. I, I'm not interested in like how this came to be or how this, you know, weaved its way into this, like, which is interesting because I, because I'm excited for Kenobi, the TV show, but like, isn't that just going to be like a different version of this? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a walking hypocrite, but yeah, I just, you know, there's Andor, like, what? Uh, how can they make Andor interesting when I know he's going to die and I don't have my deep, deep love for him like I do Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi or just Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi or just Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Do you know well, what I mean? If I may add a thought, I was thinking that Andor may be another fracture piece of a live action rebel time so if they're going to weave in overlap there i'm interested i still don't think that we should be just relying on crossovers and team-ups and everything you know to enjoy these shows but uh, selfishly i'm like okay if you're gonna be giving us Hera in live action if you're gonna be giving us you know mon mothma and all these other characters um continuously i could get into that um and if they touch on things that happened during during Rebels, uh, the Thrawn books, this is not canon, but I mean, they're going to keep going with Thrawn. Thrawn, this whole, the, all of his books are, are uh, going alongside of whisperings of the potential building of this thing that the Empire is building, which is the Death Star. So there, and there's so much there of like the politics and what, and, and who, who knows what and what what supplies they need and what answers they need along the way. So it could be cool, but I have no expectation (laughs) whatsoever. Like I'm just, I'll watch it of course, but I don't need it at all. And I'm, and I don't, I like Diego Luna, but I don't love Diego Luna and we know what happens to him. So it's really hard to make a, make a movie again, Rogue One does it. And I think it's, you know, and I'm not going to spoil, but, uh, MC and stuff, but you know, sometimes it really, it really, uh, it adds nice light, a dimension to a, to something when you know the fate of the character, but sometimes it's like, what's the point? Yeah. My, my hope to be totally honest is that it's like 
a detective show in some ways that he's just like doing detective work for the rebels or something like that. Or yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But um, I, I also think he's a pretty good character. Him and Jin are good characters. I, think I know a too lot- bad. We don't get them. Anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think that a lot of these characters are great characters. Um, uh, yeah. I, know, I think Baze and, and cheer Like, I think like, oh, I know. Love those characters. But that, that, that's what, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that well, speaking of the alliance and the rebels, we're in Yavin Four, the Rebel Alliance headquarters. We see Mon Mothma. Um, we we get Jimmy Smith, who is just cashing those paychecks. He says yes to everything. Good for you, Jimmy. I just love it. Love when I see these people just coming in for the checks. Hey, it would make sense. It makes bags. sense. But I I really liked. I really liked that he was in it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I'm just saying, good for you, man. Get those bags. Um, Anyway, okay, the Rebels, they need They also need Galen. They see that they say Saw's gone a little rogue. No pun intended. Um, He's an extremist. Cassian wants to go to Saw, who has the pilot, and get the info. Because they think that if they find Galen, they'll get intel on this weapon. Then he'll be able to testify in the Senate. As though that's going to do anything. I mean, come on. Right I on. love that. I mean, that is a dumb, that is like, guys, um, Palpy is there. There's no hope for the Senate here, but they don't know that yet. Um, yeah. So we get, and we get our first little Star Wars theme music there when we see Jimmy Smith's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as Bail Organa. So I got a little chilly there, but I love it. Um, so anyway, they are told two different things. Go get gay. Uh, Jin is told, go get your dad. And, of course, Cassian is told uh, – they told Cassian, shoot him because this is just a mess and we can't have him like a loose thread here. Uh, he, it could be too dangerous for for everyone involved. Um, so, And that's when we hear like the overhead voice, uh, which is also from Clone Wars. Um, uh, it's the guy that I think also voices Arisham and, and a bunch of other characters on Rebels. But I did hear him in the loudspeaker mm. this time. Uh, so then Saw. Yeah, Saw. So – Eyes, deceptions, bogolet. Uh, that whole thing is like just so bizarre to me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know. It's it's it is a way to tie up his character. I'm like, it's not for me. Yeah, it, it's strange. Um, and another point that I'll make in a second. So uh, I do like this scene. Which scene? Um, okay, so we're in. Well, okay, actually, it's not there yet. Sorry. So we cut to the Star Destroyers in space. Tarkin and Krennic, Krennic, looking at the Death uh, Death Star. Um, he says that people can't know about the Death Star because it'll get to the Senate and stopped. The Emperor wants no more delay. You have made time an ally of the Rebellion. We need to use it now. They want to test the weapon. Um, and then we get to see just how formidable the Death Star is. Like, just seeing how big it is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just terrifying. So two things about that. The first thing is I love that whenever they fire the Death Star, it's like same as um, A New Hope. Really enjoyed that. The yeah. second thing is hot take. The best part of this movie is uh, Krennic's bureaucratic need to hop the ladder, like jump the ladders and like get the Darth like Vader he wants an audience with, yeah. to approve of what he did and like all of that, like all that like – office space like stuff is the best part of this movie yeah uh i i that is a good that is a good part for sure i'd agree with that um so the star destroyer we see is basically looming over Jeddah, which is where our other characters are 
Uh, Saw has been causing a lot of problems. We see the Star Destroyer uh, looming over Jeddah, not the Death Star, if I said that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because cool it's shot. so big. Beautiful. It's such a cool shot. Oh, my God. Um, so we're in town. We're in the market. Things are – it's very it, – you know, around this time, the Empire is just – uh, you know, asking to see people's papers all the time and like arresting people for no reason. It's just, it's a terrible time to be alive in the Star Wars galaxy right now. Um, so we have this stuff with K2SO that he gets left in the ship and he wants to help. But the two, Jetta, um, Jin, and Cassian go into town to try to find Saw. Um, we get the great line from Cassian that says that rebellions are built on hope because Jin is just skeptical of all this. She's just, as a character, she really has kept her head down um, and sort of has, and as she will say later, it's just not a problem if you don't look up, you don't see what's going on around you. And that's how she's, just how she's coped. She's t- told herself her father's dead all these years. She's told herself mm-hmm. that she just needs to stay alive. Um, and I think that, that that's great. I think that just the tension in this movie, I know you. Uh, it's funny that you find it, kind of slow and boring at most parts i find that the level of tension that's constantly like humming throughout this movie is like is is anxiety rank like for me they hold the tension tension, really well to me i felt i think like filmmaking wise i get where the tension is i understand that Mm -hmm. this movie doesn't give me that feeling of tension because (laughs) because like because like I, I don't know, like, even the first time. Because sometimes I can watch it the first time, even though I know how it ends, meaning, like, the de- like a new hope, and they get the plans, and, like, that's fine. Like, it, 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 I never felt tension from this movie because, like, I kind of know what happens. And, like, it's a prequel that doesn't... For me, it is a prequel of a moment that does not add any layers to that moment. I can watch A New Hope and not know any of this, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't recontextualize that moment at all. It just gives us more information about the rebellion and all that stuff. But for me, like, that's why Rebels is great, because it recontextualizes a lot of those things in 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 an interesting way. But, like, this, it just, it it doesn't recontextualize it. It doesn't make it any more or less interesting. Um, I, I don't care that, like, it, they had to, like, move the antenna to, like, have it pass to the Mon Calamari cruiser or whatever it is. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then, like, you know, they get it and they fly. Like, all like all that stuff is not interesting to me. That's why the end of the movie is very interesting because, like, mm-hmm. it's Vader trying to get the plans and then the Tank of Four takes off and then um, and then and then he's watching it because we know what happens next. The 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 the. Um, Imperial, the star, the star destroyer comes and 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 picks it up and like we know what happens at the beginning of New Hope and and how close it is to Luke, but like this does not add any complexity at all. This is just an exercise in like super fun Easter eggs and like maybe let's like come up with a plot around it and like this is this movie is great for star wars things the planets the easter eggs the really interesting characters but plot wise like I, i i can leave this movie well i think which sort of is the next point um in the plot uh we see of course more saw which is crazy but so we get the message from Galen, and um, there's a hollow message that he's left, and he wants to find it, wants it to make its way to Jin. He says he loves her so much, he misses her, he calls her Stardust. He knew that if he stopped working all this time, 
you know, with, with Krennic, then it would, they'd kill him. And he decided he would exact better revenge if he stayed. And this part, I think, uh, he says that he's built uh, a weakness within the system of the Death Star and where it is and the reactor module and all of that, which we know from New Hope. Um, but I just think it's like we're finally getting, to me, one of the weakest one of the weakest holes in the trilogy was like, how does this huge thing have this, like this vulnerability and how did they get the plans for it? So I don't know. I, I think, um, this, that was a, it was a smart thing for them to make a movie where they explain that. Do you feel that at all? Sure. I think it's fine. Uh, I took them out of their word that like, it was really hard to get these plans. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I yeah, I believe you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess you personalizing the hole is, uh, yeah. you know, that's a Rogue One. Rogue One personalizes the hole. You can quote it me. It personalizes the hole. Um, but yeah, like, well, and, and that's fine. But like, I don't care. I'm not invested in the hole. I'm not invested in like, like all that stuff. They got the plans. Cool. R2-D2 has the plans in him. Um, I think that like, that's how it all gets started. But like, yeah, the rebellion got it. That's cool. Do I think this is very interesting? Sure. Um, and, and did I do I enjoy the movie? Yes, I am not crapping on this movie because I think it's bad. I don't think this movie is bad at all. Uh, I, I just I'm a little bored by it now. I think this scene, this scene, I I'm never bored by. I think it's so it's so tense to have like the the Death Star is like taking its trial. The horizon is like quickly. There is no horizon while we're getting this download of information and answering questions, thereby securing years years of canon ahead. While the impending doom looms above, literally with the Death Star, I, I just think like that. I love that scene. I mean, Saw's there her, too, but like her conversation with her dad, oh, the her watching the hologram of her dad is yeah. great. Saw, so, if you are watching this, then perhaps there's a chance to save the Alliance. Perhaps there's a chance to explain myself, and though I don't dare hope for too much, a chance for Jen, if she's alive, if you can possibly find her. To let her know that my love for her has never faded, and how desperately I've missed her. They're and it's because they're really engaging actors. I, I really like both of them. Um, they're wonderful, the, um, Felicity Jones and Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. But th this movie is some of the issues that I also have with the prequels. The mm -hmm. prequels, I. I don't care. Like, why is there a full sequence of like in in Attack of the Clones with like Padme, Anakin, and C three PO like on Genosis, like you know, getting stuck on that weird conveyor belt? Like, there's no tension there. I know they live. Why? Why are we? The CG's not that good. Like, I know yeah. this is a kids movie, but like, what are we doing here? Those scenes really great in this movie like the mm -hmm. everything them needing to escape there's a ton of tension like we don't know when these characters are going to die all that stuff but like on the flip side of that like i don't i i i know they're gonna get the plans so like at what point is a good well-directed action sequence uh devoid of tension because I know that these people are at the very least going to get to the end of this movie. When when you watch this movie the first time, it's different because mm -hmm. you're following on with the mystery, which is not that good. Um, and you don't and, and you're thinking in your head, like, okay, these people are not in a new hope. How yeah. wh what happens? 
same thing with Rebels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that, but then on rewatches, Rebels is still interesting because you have different characters. It recontextualizes some things. But well, this one and just we still don't do know if some way. of those characters actually are somewhere. These guys totally. we know are doomed. Yeah. So um, that that's kind of my thought process there. Again, these are really good action sequences. It's a well made movie, but there is a lack of tension in this movie for me. Wow, I just I feel so much tension. I mean, that scene, you know, when we get the Vader stuff. I mean, well. The Vader stuff go um, when he's in his back to tank. Vader hates getting interrupted in the back back to tank. So don't interrupt him in the back to, um, you know, with Krennic and uh, the Force choking. I mean, that did that surprise you when you saw that scene in theaters? I loved being in Mon Mustafar. I loved that. Yeah, I liked that he saw them. I liked all that stuff. Uh, two things I have about this scene. The first thing about this scene is I love seeing all that behind-the-scenes Darth Vader stuff so yeah. much. Like in Empire Strikes Back when you see the back of his head and stuff like that. Yeah. H- however, doesn't he – doesn't Darth Vader look a little silly in this scene? Like I feel like his his un his stuff is too big and like his costume is like dangling a little bit. Like <laughs> – and maybe, and maybe I'm just like not. You mean the person in him is is yeah. walking weird? Yeah, I just like there was something in the physicality of it that like wasn't Darth Vader to me, and the costuming was like kind of baggy. I don't know. Maybe that- I was just like not having an enjoyable time during this rewatch. But like uh, that that actually weirdly stuck out to me. But it does not stick out to me in the final scene. That's why. That the contrast between Vader and the Mustafar scene and Vader at the end, in terms of physicality, I'm not talking about like the um, the like the like menace of those scenes. Yeah. It's just like very different for me. Um, I, I I also want to take a second here, being like, yeah, I am pretty sure that I am in the minority of not digging this movie. No, I don't think that's viewings. true at all. No. The thing only has, let's see, last I looked, uh, what is it, 84? It's like 84% or something, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. Um, I'd probably give it around the, there. I, I actually agree with you with the Vader stuff, but I don't have an issue with the body. Um, I have an issue. I, I am sad to say I've never really cared for James Earl Jones' using using his voice when we know ever in the trilogy yes but when we started to see more and we got to know anakin and hayden christensen and matt lanter and all the other voices and depictions of anakin later i find his voice so dissonant to his character. All these other characters have voice changers, like Kylo, like the mayor in friggin' Boba, like anybody in a helmet. And then you get like James Earl Jones. I know that I am, I know I'm in the minority for this. And I have nothing against James Earl Jones' amazing voice. I also love the way you say Mustafar, like you're saying Mufasa, which also makes me think of James Earl Jones, but I say Mustafar. I- um, I actually don't know why he's voiced that way. Can you tell me? Can you sell me on it? Sure. I understand what you're saying. Also, the mayor has a translator on him. That's what the Okay, a trans say. but you know the device. I, I, yeah, like, I just wanted to I didn't want you us to get like a million tweets. Okay, true. Okay, true. It's, it's yeah. But <laughs> um, but Kylo, let's use Kylo. I mean, 
that so a great that example. voice sounds ominous. That sounds and you, it's him. Hayden's. I mean, Anakin. Uh, he's older here, but like there, he's got a hot. He looks a good voice, although yeah. he's older. So, let's take a step back. I. I think, and I don't, I don't, I don't know any of this. I think this is just an easy, hey James, put you know, record some stuff in this microphone. Okay, thank you. Like he, he, I don't, he's, he, he's just saying lines and and he's making them menacing. And like we just have so much more experience watching this Anakin character turn into the, the become Darth Vader and whatnot. Like I think that. I also think that there's a problem, not a problem, but there's a big conversation that we could have around is Anakin and Darth Vader the same character? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like some people will excuse the things he does because Darth Vader is not is not Anakin, whereas I don't agree with that at all. Um, I'm a major Darth Vader apologist. I am. I am always going to be a Darth Vader. Anakin and Darth Vader are the same. They just take on different names and different like personas um, in terms of to like like that's why the turn at the end of the Jedi at the end of Return of the Jedi is powerful mm-hmm. because it is Anakin admitting like he it's not like, that he made those he he was he he's in there he made those mistakes yeah. he did not mistakes but like he did all of those terrible things. Um, so like yeah and his motivation is no longer there like it'd be one thing if he was being told all the while that like he'll get padme resurrected from the dead again or he'll get to see his children even though he does i mean there it would be one thing if he but at some point he just goes he just goes breaks bad and just stays bad which i don't i i i know he has an arc but and um but i just I never, I don't know. I, I think in the times that this, the first movies were made, this was, uh, this was ominous. This was, this was yeah. the baddie. But like now the voices that we hear and how it, it sort of changed, they've stuck with it. They have to, it's James Earl Jones and it's iconic, <laughs> but I'd be lying if I said, I still am like, that's why at the end of um, Twilight of the Apprentice, and rebels when you get the change between that like that is why i'm okay now to listen to james earl jones in that under that helmet because i know that i am just i was like put in front of me that it is a vo- a voice change and that he's still there sure if that makes sure. sense yeah so what joanna is referring to for those of you who have not watched rebels there's a scene in there where uh spoilers obviously where ahsoka fights um darth vader it's and like the best piece of star wars in my opinion of the entire world by the and way. uh she cracked he his helmet cracks open um mm-hmm. and we get the eyes of the eye of Anakin um, with different voice because it's, you know, the voice changer is not catching. And the eye has been Sithified. So it's pretty yellow and red and And got all veins. He's, you know, the power of the dark side. He was influenced by it. He allowed it to take over everything. Um, He is evil. Um, He wants power. He wants, you know, to rule the galaxy, Um, all of that stuff. And that's, that's the dark side. And so, you know, the, the, the uh, I have no problem with the James Earl Jones voice at all. It's my favorite. Wow. I love it. But, like, I could use a little bit more acting choices. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I really liked the scene with Galen and Jin uh, when they finally do meet up. That scene had a lot of tension to me when we are getting the Alliance bombing, and that's ended up, that ends up being how we lose Galen, and they finally get to meet. Um, we're in this really wet planet when we were just in this desert planet, so I Very liked that damp. scene a lot. Very damp. Like, tr- like, they were just dumping buckets of water on these poor actors. Yeah. It was so wet. Um, yeah, I but, like that sequence yeah. when he says to her, I have so much to tell you that broke my heart oh, for sure. Breaks my um, heart. Which is why I chose it in my intro. Um, that scene is really good. I like all of the um, the X-Wings flying through the damp like damp mountains there. Yeah. Um, I like all I'm that I'm sort of stuff. surprised that she doesn't say, Dad, wait, can you just like say that message one more time for me so I can write it down? Like, yeah. She's just she remembers the hollow and it gets ruined. I just, uh, it's totally fine. But a part of me wants her to just be like, okay, wait, no, I think I, I think I got what you said, but he gave her a lot of instructions. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't waste her time. Just getting double check. Uh, yeah. Then it comes the, the back to scene, um, which is great. Um, Krennic wants to meet with Palpy again. You're right. He's just, this is just the story of his ladder climb. Yeah, he's I such love a it. little, he's such a little brat. A weasel. He's such a little weasel. Um, and then we get Radis, which is really exciting. Uh, we also get her parroting back. Rebellions are built on hope. Um, mm-hmm. When she tries to get the Alliance to say, to, to go with her on this quest of finding the Death Star plans and trying to take this thing down because they are, they are doomed. I mean, there's nothing, that thing, to what they see, they, so they finally hear what happened to Jetta, those who were not there. We see what happened to Jetta. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you say, then you hear Krennic saying, that's a fraction of what it can do. And that is truly terrifying because mm-hmm. the Jetta sequence, which also like saw, so saw stays. He's like, keep the dream alive. I'm going to stay here. I get like the captain going down with the ship, but like, did you have to do that right now? Like you just were so gung ho. You brought it, you, you know, you want all these answers and you, you're, you're, you're trying to get all the Kyber crystals back with your people and Jetta. And, and you're just like, I, I'm a stay. I'm good. So this is also a problem with this movie. I don't think the connection between Saw and Jin is strong enough for us to believe that Saw realizes that his way of going about things is no longer the way that's going to get things done. And he believes that the he younger generation. Well, yeah, or at least that the, the younger generation, the generation below him, the generation that he trained, the generation that looks up to him um, mm-hmm. will carry on what he wants his ultimate goal to be. And that's why he gives himself up. That's why it feels empty when he just lets himself stay there. I'm not saying that that's the reason they had to give him. That's a very like easy reason to give him to not leave the planet or whatnot. But I just don't think it's well done at all. I think that, mm. I think that Saul Guerrero is a wasted character in this. Um, when he's, he's in his, in his couple of moments in clone wars and rebels, um, is so much more satisfying. See, I, I think he's so annoying in rebels. I'm always like, can you shut up? And also you're so mean to this bug on Genosis. And also, like he's yeah that character i've never really liked saw i like that he's woven sure. into the fabric and i like that we get i guess to see how it goes but saw is an incredibly problematic character as all all characters are or all people and characters are who are become extremists and sort of ruin it for the rest of us and you're like no no rebels are not crazy we're not gonna kill this poor little creature 
who just wants to have his little egg safe. Like, that's not how you get answers, dude. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's annoying to me. Um, so I didn't mind seeing him go, but I was just like, wait, what? You were just, you were just being such a hard ass. And now you're like, okay, I'm good now though. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, so back at the rebel base, we get that great conversation between Bale and Mon Mothma, which I do yes. like. Did you like that? When he's yeah, like your d- friend, the Jedi. Yes, of course. You mentioned Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to be like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. Like, tell me more. Like, I love that stuff. That stuff is why this movie is fun in some places. Um, that, yeah. Listen, this movie was made for those moments. Like, yeah. this movie was to get us excited as Star Wars fans. Um, from from a production standpoint, this, like, and producers and, and from an IP standpoint, this movie got me very excited for everything that could happen with Star Wars. It's yeah. only fine now. It was much better the first time it came out than it is now. Um and like and that whole sequence where they are we there yet when they sneak um to um uh, scarif to like do the thing yeah the- we can we can go to that yeah no they're they're going there and that's when the rogue one gets dubbed the ship's called the rogue one jen yeah. takes those who value like they all the few of them yeah. go and then the alliance decides to help too which is a very i get goosebumps for that if this was made today the ghost hera all of them would be on this first mission general yeah. Sindul, if she's a general in this point oh she yeah 100 percent would what she would think back to like you know her time with canaan and rebels and all of that stuff and be like and ezra and she'd be like no we're going with them this is our chance like i've done things like this before yeah like, uh, like i'm that's not a criticism. I don't think that it's I think it's fine that she's not there. But like if this was made today, like this would really be let's say let's be real. If this was made today, Hera might be like the lead of this movie of the yeah, person. It's like who an like, Avengers level. Like, yeah, but that that's totally fine. But I like also Andor has the moment in this where he's like basically says I have red in my ledger. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I wrote that too. I was like, they got red in their ledgers. They got like, Jim's got red in her ledger. She needed a new name because of her red ledger. Yeah. I I think I like to what you were saying with the, um, with, with how you, if it were made now, you'd include these other characters, you know, the star Wars universe is so vast. And I, I don't mind that you get to put your arms around this small, you know, faction of people for this mission because if you bring them all in, it just seems it's just like it's more vast and there's there's more to know. And I, I I don't mind that we get who was there at this time, who was available, who could help, who could jump in. I, I don't mind that, actually. Oh, let me be clear. Maybe I'm not being I'm I think this movie is better because we get new fun characters that we can attach to Jin Erso, Cassian Andor, all of all all of um mm-hmm. Chirrut and and all of those characters. Um I Hera would just be involved if it was made now because like they want to pull all those IPs and all those oh, things yeah. together. I I I'm not wishing that it was her. I'm I'm just oh, totally. very I know that. I'm just pointing that out. I, I really like Jin as a character. I think that this was another Kathleen Kennedy Star Wars, you know, now way of incorporating, of leaning into the fact that Princess Leia is a, a character, a female character that women lean into and that men love to watch, and 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 and, and showing like 
leaning leaning into like the the lead female character in a science fiction in a science fantasy thing um and 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 it's so great and i think that Jin mm-hmm. is a very strong interesting character with layers um and it's not just for boys if you will if that makes sense because i feel like yeah stores can be constrained as a female fan can like what are I your didn't, thoughts on i that? never i never gave a shit about star wars because it just seemed like a lot of guys and a lot of guns and i didn't get it and i you know fathers and sons i just it wasn't of course, I knew I have seen them. I knew Carrie Fisher was in them even when I was very young. It was just the first three, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then with the and then with the trilogy, it's like cool. We get Natalie Portman, but like she doesn't do much. No, I I, I was I was completely turned off by it. I don't I I think with these stories, you it's so much more interesting visually and storytelling wise to have members of of both of you know both of the sexes in these movies and everything in between. I I don't think it's just. Yeah, it's same with Lord of the Rings. I was resistant to Lord of the Rings too. I mean, I like books, so I like the books, but I was like just a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of guys. I'm the time. So here's a question for you. Before we finish out the movie, um, do you think obviously there was a pandemic and you had all this time and you got into it? Do you think that one of the major reasons you were able to get into Star Wars at this point in your life, at this point in the life cycle of Star Wars, is because how much more diverse the characters have become. And that is inclusive of Clone Wars and Rebels and Rey and in these movies. And like, do you think that helped you like take the leap into the world outside of the fact that these are incredibly fun stories to follow along with? No, I don't actually. I think Ray, okay. knowing Ray was in the new ones, I was like, oh, cool, girl, finally. She's awesome. And I, I think Daisy Ridley's great in those. So that was cool. But um, no, I think honestly, um, I I had I had listened to the podcasts and and stuff, and I they and people that I love love Star Wars. And I said, okay, I mean, look, there's gotta be something here that I'm missing. So and 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 ma- as many times as I've tried to convince people to like my own husband Justin had never read the Harry Potter books and we read them all through the pandemic aloud um it was actually very cute and he loves them now but I was like if I'm pushing this on people let me take what they're pushing on me no one actually did push it on me but I took it I was like what what am I missing here so I said let me just try there's a lot out there now at at the time I said there's I I can see a lot now it's not just the the six movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then I dove, dove in. It had nothing, unfortunately it had nothing to do with the fact that it was more women. Um, though I did like at the time when I first saw them, I liked the new movies, um, uh, because there was a woman as the lead. Sure. Uh, I paid no attention to the fact that the storytelling was like, you know, hooey, you know, just cuckoo, cuckoo, but, totally. uh, yeah. But like that moment in the force awakens where the lightsaber is in the snow and then it just flies out and Ray is holding it is iconic. And, and regard- just the like, moment of her sitting in, in the old star destroyers, like sitting yeah. in the old, like just, just the ghosts of those old movies that haunted me enough that I was like, all right, there's lore here. Like that was the other thing. I like when there's a text, uh, it's based on rich, rich lore. And I was convinced that star Wars couldn't have that because it was just, six movies the if we call it like the prequels and the original yeah yeah, you know there's comics but those didn't happen first there was nothing it was based on i said well how can this thing be as rich as harry potter where you don't have 
There's just no riches. Source. And I, There's no source material. And I still have to say, it's not like it has source material from novels, but I get it now, clearly. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it will never be. But then again, the movies will never be enjoyable for Harry Potter because you you have the source material first, unless Fantastic Beasts gets really good. You right. know, you, they'll never, they're never going to be a surprise. So I'll, uh, I'll hold my breath on that one. <laughs> I'm holding out, Brian. I'm going to convert you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I jumped in. Um, I wish that to do, I, they better keep adding, keeping the women in there. I think it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I do like these characters. Um, I thought it was weird though, uh, going back to the, the final mission when they say like, may the forest do with you over the loudspeakers, because again, the, the forest stuff is like not hearsay at this point, but it's, there's been no whiff of Jedi in a very long time. We who've seen rebels know that there are more than just what we know out there, but we, the Jedi are like persona non grata as far as, the rest of the galaxy is concerned, right? Sure, I would under no. So I, 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 I would. I thought understand. it was a weird choice. Be like the force, maybe the force with you. I'm like, all right, guy on the loudspeaker saying this. It's not like Radis. Radis, of course, can say it, or Mon Mothma, or Gale, a Bail Organa. But anyway, sorry. So I think that it would make sense. Oh, okay, good. You have, uh, you know, only a couple years before, or like pretty recently before, you've had Ahsoka, and you've had. Kanan, Jarrus fighting for the rebels, and yes. they, you know what I mean. And like, you know, and 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 I don't think that people remember the Jedi as evil as much as we have depicted them. Um, if that makes sense. Plus, most people know that the Sith are now leading. So, wouldn't you want to associate yourself with the other side of that? Um, yeah, that's why it probably works. And they think, okay, wait, these guys are bad. The Jedi probably were good. Or trying to be helpful. But I, I know, of course, about Soka and, and Kanan, but yeah, I yeah. didn't think that everyone knows about that. So I was assuming, like, in their corner of the universe where we know Ezra is and we know that there are more Jedis than just the ones that have been given to us. But in terms of the films, I, I thought it was sort of surprising that they're talking so much about the Force. I like the stuff with the Jedi Temple because it goes back to kyber crystals and it goes back to yeah. the old ways. But anyway, so I just thought that was interesting. I wasn't sure, sure about it. Um, All right. Yeah, then it's the big, then it's the big thing. We lose all of our characters, which I think is, I'm curious what you think. I just love that all of the characters make this huge sacrifice at the expense of their lives, all giving a part to the greater good in the rebellion. I, I just think um, you just, I mean, it's one by one. It's almost comical where you're like that. Oh, there they go. Oh, there they go. But they all they all play their part, and I just think it's a love. You know, it's obviously a wonderful message, but um, it's I just think it's amazing that this movie makes you feel the way it feels when these characters have such short lifespans. Yeah, I I like that from both a narrative standpoint and from a how does this how are they not in a new hope standpoint. Um, I think that they were all, it's disappointing because they were all really interesting characters and I'm happy that they were layered in this. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I definitely appreciated that aspect of things. Um, I forgot how much of this, this is a war movie. Like this is a yeah. straight up war movie. Um, and I like the final sequences. I think that 
First of all, the system on Scarif is wild. There are just so many pieces to, like, get everything right. Like, got to plug this in to get to this, to talk to them, to open this, to get to this. Like, into the woods we got. Da, da, da. Like, and Krennic like, is bad at his job. He's so bad at his job. Yeah, he's a, he's a butthead. And um, so uh, what you said about the war, this is a war movie. I do like that with Luke, he is a man born in calm that dreams of life in war. And Jin is born into war and dreams of a life of calm. So that's kind mm-hmm. of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the scene when they are trying to get the plans, when they're climbing, um, the Stardust thing uh, is very sweet, but I'm also like, that's like that's like really easy to guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like and, the um, password being password, but Star Wars. I also do love when she reads um, all the other plans or yeah. other file names. Yeah, one is I think the Black Saber or whatever yes, it is. It is, yeah. and there's some other I think like comicsy legend stuff that that's mentioned mm. maybe, but Black Saber of course is the one that stands out to me. Um, yeah, so then and Radis does his big thing with the Hammerhead Corvette to destroy the Star Destroyers. So he basically that was awesome. like, this took whole, a big this, ship dipping into some dip. Yeah, it's just like a yeah, it's just like a, a big uh, Tostino. <laughs> I from this point on for the rest of them, I like I really like these last 20, 20 minutes, twenty five minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, um, and a lot of tension, a lot of tension. Yeah, and I. And I, I I know that they did a lot of reshoots and they had to re-edit a lot of that stuff, but I still think it's really fun. It really works. The scenery is gorgeous. I think they filmed it in the Maldives. Um, oh, yeah. It is it is really, really wonderful to watch. Um, there's tension. Um, I, I, I really like this end sequence stuff. And then I love, 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 love the Darth Vader stuff, obviously. The um, thing that was a little convoluted uh, toward the end that I didn't actually – really understand until the rewatch was that Tarkin uses a low power shot to destroy the antenna, thus killing Krennic. But the blast of that little pew pew, like causes the tsunami that engulfs. Yeah. that That's like crazy to me. I'm like, wow. I mean, I, I, for some reason I remember it as just, he fired the death star. I mean, mm-hmm. they did in a way, but it was like almost an afterthought that these people even had to all die, which mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's a beautiful beach scene, you know, when he says that Galen would have been proud, your father would have been proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Something I also really like about this is that maybe they have crushes on each other. Maybe they don't. I just like that she and Andor have a connection and it's not, it's not this like, will they, won't they? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. They get dangerously in the kiss or kill when they're going down that elevator. And I'm like, don't give yeah, us sure. this. Don't do it. They're very close to each other. But I think it's more of – it's a more soul-connecting thing, if anything, where they're just like, this is this is yeah. going to be it. Like, we don't and get out of here alive. Totally. And even if they do like, like each other – they like like each other, like nah. it's fine because like it's just a part of everything. But yeah, yeah. that's I, – I was very happy to rewatch it again. Like, but I, I – it just it, – I, I prefer other ones. I think if it's if it's into the you know the mission compositions of the original trilogy, it's like a similar style. Mm-hmm. Solo to me is not like this was very much a you know uh, the big battles, like you said, the war. Like this feels like a Star Wars movie, yeah, uh, which I do think um, holds up. And I am yeah, I'm curious. I I my takeaways is I love Charut. I'll miss Critic. <laughs> I just love that character. He's such mm-hmm. an ass. Um, 
I think the Nuggets, you know, the Easter eggs are done really well. Um, I'm curious what Andor will be about, but yeah. I just don't know. Uh, I, I have to be sold on that. Similar to how I felt with Boba Fett or felt. I don't need it, but I'll take it. It's like yeah, Peacemaker. Absolutely. I don't need it, but I'll take it. Um, 100%. So I'll be curious to see when yeah. it spans. I'm looking forward to uh, get some Rebel stuff in there, potentially. Yeah. Cool. What do you? Well, so, what would you rate this? How many? Uh, what are we rating for this? How are you rating this one out of ten? Let's rate this Kyber crystals. Okay. On, cool. on the many, necklace specifically, so little little. How little many neck? How many Kyber crystals are on uh, on her ne- on necklace? Um, I feel like I have rated every freaking thing we do like a seven, but I'm going to give it a seven. Seven mm. is a magical number, and also it's seven to me. Sure. Seven. I'll give this a like a six or a, maybe a five. Okay. I think the Kyber Crystal, uh, I use Kyber Crystals also because we do learn a lot about Kyber Crystals. Um, if you're interested to know about Kyber Crystals, the episode The Gathering in Clone Wars, any of you out there, um, is a very sweet episode where we see how little Jedi go and find their little crystals. <laughs> Um, and it makes it really this movie sat more heartbreaking because you see what they've done and harvested and taken from these beautiful reverent jedi temples and i feel really pissed about that um we lost a lot of good crystals in all this harvesting (laughs) uh anyway well nerds rebellions are built on hope but don't forget to join us next time as we journey into the next corner of our multiverse of the nerdverse Make sure to join us in the Nerdverse by following on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. Be sure to blast over and subscribe to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Rate and review us there. Uh, and as a new Nerdverse in a multiverse of other Nerdverses, we really appreciate all the love and feedback. We, we really do. Thank you. Yes. And Brian, I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. Ah, I mean, those two characters are great. They're they don't really do much, but they're really fun to watch. Uh, same thing goes for um, was it K two S O? Listen, we need better treatment of droids in these movies. Protect like, the droids. Protect what I've been saying. The droids, you're totally right. These droids are just like disposable characters that we can like get super into and then they get rid of them because like it's not a human dying it's very sad and it is because these these droids have been around as long as the characters have you cannot tell me that if i saw some blaster hit r2 that is that is your lead that is our narrator dying yeah <laughs> on our screen I I am I never will be okay with how much cruelty. It's gotten a little better because they've given more personality and voices to the droids. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, we had C-3PO, I guess, since the beginning, and he had a voice. But, like, yeah, no, you can never convince me that it is okay to be dispos- disposing of these droids the way that these monsters do. Yeah, it's real sad. But let's Next see. Let's let's see. Uh, let's see what the future may hold for for some of these droids. I'm pretty skeptical. <laughs> <laughs>